Welcome back to Lucid Living, and if this is your first time, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you aboard. My name is Andrew Larkin. I'm an actor, model, performer, storyteller, breathwork coach, and today I'm going to be your host, your guide for today's podcast episode. All right, my friend, before we dive into the goods, let's do some breathing. So I want to incorporate some parasympathetic breathing, which is going to be a four to six breath pattern. So we're going to do three rounds, and it's going to be an inhale for four, a hold for two, and then an exhale for six out the mouth. And then inhale for four, hold for two, exhale for six. We're gonna do that three times. And remember, as we inhale through the nose, as we inhale, it's gonna be through the nose, and I want you to expand the belly outwards. Everything in your upper half of the body is gonna stay stand still, but the diaphragm, the belly, is all gonna expand nice and big like a water balloon. Nice big belly, big belly, big belly. And then we hold it, and then the exhale, that belly is gonna come back to our center. So it's just the belly going out and in, out and in. So let's take this moment to ground into this moment and really be present. So let's begin by exhaling all of the air out of our lungs. In three, two, one, exhale out the mouth. And we'll inhale through the nose in three, two, one, inhale. Two, three, four, hold it. One, two, exhale out the mouth. Two, three, four, five, six, inhale through the nose, two, three, four, hold it, one, two, exhale out the mouth, two, three, four, five, six, last one through the nose, two, three, four, hold it, one, two, and let it go for the exhale, four, three, two, one. Ah, okay, very good. Sorry for that little bit of a blunder, but I hope you feel it. That uh, really calms the nervous system down. I want to share a little bit about breath work because that's going to be intricately tied to this episode. But one of the coolest things about you know, this breath work practice that I have, so every single day I have this, this app to do these CO2 and O2 tables for breath holding. Uh, specifically, it's for you know free diving to increase our breath hold and slowly push our limits a little bit more in a safe environment. And I have a whoop as well. And the whoop can connect to the app. So I can actually go through an entire breathwork session. So basically, sometimes on my, so it's it's like you hold it, like for a CO2 breath, let's say you're trying to hold it, each hold is gonna be a minute 30, a minute 30, a minute 30, a minute 30. It's gonna be like six rounds, and the hold's always gonna be a minute 30 but the rest time in between starts at 120 and then hold for a minute 30 and then the rest time is 110 hold for a minute 30 and then the rest time is one minute hold for a minute 30 and then 50 and then 40 30 20 10. and sometimes i'll do kind of a hyperventilation in between because it decreases um my see it oh gosh andrew i just read over the oxygen advantage is it increase or decrease the co2 i think it decreases our it decreases yeah, yes all right it decreases your co2 which means like my, the more co2 we have building up that creates that air hunger and there's a whole bore effect thing that actually when we increase our co2 tolerance and have more co2 that actually helps release red blood cells and the hemoglobin which helps oxygenate you know the bloods uh, oxygenate the vessels and the ligament ligaments the tissues the what am i looking for 
the organs like like your liver and your spleen and all that stuff and, and your brain so it just helps with blood flow circulation Whew. i'm like i was going through it again today and i'm like i need to just re-up on this information so it becomes a part of me so when you hyperventilate like your co2 goes so so low and when i do that my afterwards when i check my statistics i can see that my heart rate elevates and then when my heart rate elevates and i'm going and then i i hold for a minute 30 my heart rate just plummets it goes so i'm like elevating my heart rate and then when i hold it my heart rate goes really low really low and then there are some times where on my rest period i'll do a deep parasympathetic breath so i'll like inhale for two and I'll exhale for like 10. And then inhale for two, exhale for 10. And when I do that, it's it's more challenging because there's more CO2 in my body, right? For the breath hold. So it's actually, it's really helpful for challenging yourself and increasing your CO2 tolerance. But when I look at my statistics, my heart rate plummets when I'm doing my parasympathetic breath. So when I'm doing that inhale for two, exhale for 10, when we exhale longer than our inhale, right, that's the parasympathetic. And I can visibly and physically see my heart rate completely dive from like sometimes 70, 80 beats per minute to like 50. And sometimes when I'm really good and my heart rate variability is strong, I can get into the 40s. Like it's crazy. So seeing how I can manipulate my breath to change my, physi my, my physiology, my anatomy, my heart rate is like one of the most exciting things ever, dude. So... I just wanted to share that little bit with y'all because I'm getting back into with this new year. One of my non-negotiables that I wanted to do was really stick with these breath hold workout. Again, which is like 20 minutes a day. Um, and I'm thinking of doing it really like five, six times a week. And it's just, I feel great, man. And I think just doing this practice. And then also it's one of those things you have, the, you have cold, cold exposure, which is putting yourself in an incredibly uncomfortable situation and then you come out of it feeling this bliss like this is it's so you're you're so alive and i truly believe when we put ourselves in this uncomfortable environment in a controlled environment in a safe environment then when we get out into the real world where we have obstacles yes but they're not as actually painful as that experience then we can actually overcome them with a lot more ease and and our heart and we can control our heart rate in those circumstances so that's i have a story i want to share where that kind of happens and breath holding and breath work practice i just think truly my friends i think it's one of the most beautiful potent skills to practice because if you can control your breath and circumstances in life you can control how you respond how you move forward in this life and the life can be hitting you from all sides, but if you can control your breath when you're in it, it doesn't. It, it's you're so much less reactive and able to be more mindful in how you respond. And it's God, it's so fascinating and so exciting. And I'm finally starting to really practice it. And I think anyone who practices any breath work exercise or is mindful of their breath, you feel it there's an energy to them, there's a stillness to them, and I, f I think they're the most amazing people, and that's someone that I want to aspire to be, and I, I'm becoming. So it's just, I just think it's fascinating, and amazing, and exciting, and I'm really starting to tap into it. And similar to, you know, polar plunging, 
in the breath holding at the end of all my sessions i try to do like a deep holotropic bah, 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 uh, that, that uh, hyperventilation so so my co2 is just shoots all the way down so i can hold my breath longer and then i challenge myself to see how long i can hold that breath or sometimes i'll, I'll do it without um that hyperventilation i'll just do a parasympathetic breath into it but i try to challenge myself to see how far i can push and i read this book by uh, james nestor what is the name of it? I gave it to my mom. I think it's called Deep, or it's it's about free diving, but it's also about the ocean and whales, and and it's really it's really fascinating and beautiful. But that was the first. It was about really free diving as well, and and I started to have this understanding about you know the mammalian dive reflex, and it is so cool, man. And when you do these exercises, especially when you're on land and you're holding your breath, I I, I push myself to this limit of of air hunger at its max like your body is craving that little sip of air and it starts convulsing <laughs> you know like when you see it in the movies and they start like their body just starts reacting and and it's called a convulsion so your stomach starts tightening and shooting and like and your your, your stomach is kind of like really it's really wildly like painful <laughs> and it's so weird because i i strain like I, I kind of love that it's such a weird thing but i it's one of like the people's biggest fear, right? Like losing your breath and being breathless. And like every day I can find myself pushing myself to the extreme. And with the mammalian dive reflex, I've only done this once. It's like amazing. It's so scary. But if you can hold out just a little bit and it works, it's you, the mammalian dive reflex actually happens when you're in like cold water. So it's different on land than it is when you're in water. But when you're in water and if you're practicing this, you have to be with someone else because it could go wrong, it could go south, you could black out, and it could be all the things. But there's a threshold. So you think you're completely out of oxygen, your body's convulsing and convulsing and going crazy and like craving it, craving it, craving it, craving it. And then if you hold on just a little bit longer, there's this like 10 to 15% of extra oxygen stored in the body. And it's this, you enter this bliss stage. It's like the runner's high, you know, it's, it's, it's when we, it's when these, these masters, these individuals push what we think is possible. Our bodies are so amazing and have more in the tank. It's exactly like the runner's high, you know, and I've only done that once. And it's the craziest thing. Cause you can hold it for like another minute or two. Like it's wild. And I, I'm, I'm getting back into the rhythm of things. So I haven't pushed to that extent yet, but I'm getting these past, you know, couple of weeks, I'm getting to the point where the convulsions are getting gnarly and, you know, painful and you're like kind of freaking out your mind's going nuts. And then when I, the further I push, I find it's again, similar to cold water exposure. It's really painful. But then when you get out of it, there's like this blissed out state. And when I'm in my breath hold and I'm like seemingly dying and convulsing, and then I, I breathe in a sip of air for the first time there's this wave of it's almost like this washing of like color and warmth that just like consumes you for like 10 to 20 seconds and it's like the most it's just the coolest thing <laughs> and it's like i'm so addicted to that feeling and i know the more i push i can get to that if i give up early i don't i don't experience that right so i just it's cool it's cool so long story short I want that. To, I want to weave that into this story that I wanted to share. And the more I've been on this path and and exploring self help books, really finding mentors from from public figures and books and people and the way that they live their life, the way that they show up, 
the deepest understanding and embodiment from personal experience of what I, how I want to live and the best moments of my life have always been fueled by love. And just getting deeper and deeper into this love state, this love frequency, and really understanding that love is the answer for so many things. And I've, for the longest part of my life, confrontation's been the scariest thing because when I was younger, I just, again, didn't know what I believed in. I didn't, and it was also, there was, there was just a, a terrifying fear of being hurt or not knowing what to say at a certain time. And confrontation is also an interesting thing because certain people enjoy drama and confrontation, and those are individuals who are in it a lot. So if you grow up with a lot of confrontation, a lot of yelling, a lot of arguments, then you become very accustomed to it. So confrontation moving forward becomes very natural. And it's not scary, you know? And that's just like with anything in life. The more we're accustomed to it, the more accessible you know, we are at, at adapting to it and, and doing it. And it just wasn't something I was really exposed to a lot when I was younger because we lived in a very you know, loving environment. So anytime there's like confrontation, I always kind of find myself, my body and my past self just pushing, like getting away from it. I remember my friend came home like super drunk one night and when I was in college and my one roommate went down and just like held space for him and I was I was so scared I was like paralyzed dude and I just like didn't go down and then I talked to my buddy later and he was like yeah we were talking about that that night and he was like he he had said to uh, my friend who was who was drunk um Larkin would be is way better at this than me but I'm just gonna like be here for you and like that's that's all you can ask from a friend you know is just being there and I was so afraid to be there man you know and there's just so much fear and I'm very mindful of it now. I'm very aware of it now. And I'm really trying to live a life where I'm pushing past that fear and I'm following my fear. And now I finally feel like I have an understanding, uh, the way I live life, the way I look at life, a vocabulary to be able to, to communicate to people who are in a state of confrontation, who are, who are arguing or creating a scene or any kind of thing. And I think I finally have the tools to be able to resolve that, you know what I'm saying? And I don't think I had that when I was younger. And it's one thing to kind of conceptually know it. It's another thing to physicalize it. And, and then, again, it's kind of like we can do all this manifestation work by doing our mindset and, and visualizing the future. And that's such a huge part of the manifestation process. But with the doing, it doesn't work without the doing, without the action. So I have to embody it and I have to actually start being that guy who steps in to ease confrontation. And there's, again, have been a couple of circumstances within the past even year or two where I shied away from it. And I just didn't know what to say, so I just didn't say anything and I was just a bystander. And that's not the person I wanna be moving forward, you know? Like, I go deep into myself, like, who do I wanna be, man? I wanna be someone who looks people in the eyes. I wanna be someone who can listen and hold space. I want to be someone who gives really good hugs. You know, I have all these lists of things that I want to be and become, but I have to do it. It's all in the doing, right? And I was at work last night and it was a pretty slow day. I had a couple of tables, you know, pretty next to each other. And I was, I was like doing silverware and I just hear the bar was like soup was pretty empty. And I just, I just hear some, like someone just being loud. Like he had a presence and he was loud. And but he seemed fine. He was just talking, you know, probably drinking, and 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 I just didn't think much of it. And then he ended up, I think, ordered a drink, and then didn't actually drink the drink, 
or get the drink and then he just ended up starting to talk to one of my tables and I was a two top and you know I was walking putting the silverware doing doing my side work and it seemed pretty friendly like they were actually going back and forth having conversation it was it was actually oh it was her birthday yeah it was it was the girl's birthday and the husband you know was really sweet and and it got to the point where he was there a little bit longer than seemed necessary for just a normal conversation and then the couple started giving us looks and then my coworker said Andrew like look and then there was a thing happening so it started to become louder and then you could hear talking about certain things that didn't seem appropriate so they kind of waved me over and I was like and then it was just something I had to do so I just went and I just started talking to him and he I was you know it was just a moment where I was just talking with the guy and and holding space and I know my objective actor right my objective is to get this guy to to move on to move to to leave basically and I'm kicking the guy out and I don't really have that gene in me to be like hardcore and say get the fuck out you know so I just kind of held space let him talk and then he ended up at one point making it a color thing um, that he was a black man and I was a white guy and he was and then he like jumbled his words and that so I knew he was drunk I knew he wasn't in the right mindset and I just kind of let him talk and held space and creating that conversation back and forth holding the space and i just never felt any judgment for him because i i have a neighbor who has dementia and definitely grew up in a rough childhood and he just kind of creates circumstances out of nothing and drama and 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 fighting other people and saying i'm going to kill this guy and like all these things so i never take those take anything personally when i see people like that and I mean, I've done so much work, I try not to take anything personally from anyone, no matter who they are, right? And I just kind of held the space and then slowly started to nudge and find a way to, to get him to move on and then had an in and then, and then got him to the door and then we opened the door and then, you know, talked to him outside for a couple minutes and, and then got him to leave, you know? And then I came in and my the one guy at the table just gave me like a big thumbs up and then i walked over to one of the bartenders and my manager and they were i think just observing and watching the whole thing play out and they were saying that like, i'm glad andrew stepped in because like it was that was the nice approach like i'm gonna let andrew like play this out and see if the nice approach works if not like he said i would have been i would have been i would have told him to get the fuck out of my restaurant and the cops would have been called and then he said, just like, excellent job, Andrew, like, well done. And it was really cool because I'd never experienced anything like that, you know. And the the table was really gracious and really loving and, and was praising and said I did a great job doing that, you know. They tipped me, like, really well. And it was, it was, um, it was just a moment. It was just a crazy thing that I've never, I've never really done something like that. And it kind of paid off and it was just and everyone benefited and it just worked and it was it didn't it didn't it wasn't like a big scene and it didn't feel like a big scene you know and the crazy thing about that which is why i talked about the breath in the beginning was throughout that whole scene when i was actually with the gentleman my heart rate was so still and it never escalated you know and some it's like a performance sometimes you're nervous beforehand and your heartbeat's going and then you're doing it and then it's like it calms down i think i was just there and that i didn't really have time to think about it and 
I was just very still and present and you know he was saying certain things and I think the fact that I didn't take things personally allowed for my heart rate not to spike you know and I just felt very grounded and very leveled and I think the breath work practice that I do allowed for that you know and just my mindset and my approach to the whole whole scenario and like truly I just I just I had I had nothing but love for the guy and genuinely like my heart was broken you know because I can't imagine what his life is like you know um, being drunk, being alone, um, coming into a space and feeling the need to be big, to be heard, to be seen, to be loved. I just don't think he gets that a lot. So he has to create that by, by doing that and, and playing those dynamics. And this episode is pretty much such a realization. I always knew this was the case because I did this, I made a video about it, how to deflate negativity, you know, and if someone's coming at you, just say, I love you. And then they're going to come at you again and say, I love you, bro. And then they come at you again. You say, I love you, man. You don't have to connect. You don't have to have to personalize it. You don't have to prove anything. You just hold space and say, I love you. And it doesn't fuel the fire. He's got nothing else, No, nothing kindling. Like, there's no justification for him to continue to be, you know, an asshole or be whatever kind of dark energy he's bringing to the table, right? It's when we meet that fire with more fire that just fuels it. And it's just giving that gentleman or person in any circumstance a reason to continue to escalate. And then it becomes this massive thing. And it doesn't need to. So you fight fire with love, man. You fight everything with love. And if you don't give someone a reason to be angry, then they it, 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 I find it fizzles out so much quicker and it doesn't escalate to a space of like crazy drama so i just find that continuously love is the most powerful thing in resolving so many circumstances and things and just it's the way i want to live life and i think i can resolve every problem problem just seeing someone holding space and loving someone you don't have to like that's interesting you don't have to like what they're doing but i think we all have to find a way to love our enemies right and that's a really hard thing when we've been hurt or they don't deserve it because a lot of enemies don't deserve the love. But what a powerful person to be able to love an enemy, to love someone who wronged you, to love someone who's hurt you. I think I see Lewis Howe, Lewis Howes has his podcast, the, um, the School of Greatness. And at the end of the episode, he says, what's your definition of greatness? And I really think, I think it's so rare. It's, it's hard to find in people unconditional love loving when it doesn't seem appropriate in societal norms and cultures right but at the end of the day imagine a world where love is first and foremost for everyone and that was just i just feel so blessed it was such a small day you know it was a fairly slow day nothing sig seemingly significant or crazy so many days just kind of turn into weeks and it's you know forgettable but that was a huge moment for me, and that's probably a moment I'm going to remember the rest of my life, you know? And I'm just, I'll, like, hold space for myself. Like, I'm, I'm really proud of that. And the funny thing, too, is is that, again, my heart rate was, was oh, very still, very calm. And it wasn't until after he left that my heart actually started racing because I think I just started thinking about it. And it was it was even like after I got praise from you know from the customers and my manager for some reason my heart was just like oh my god like this just happened like it was like my old self just like oh my gosh you know it was just such an inch a really 
a really wild little thing and I just wanted to share it because I think I love sharing you know parts of my journey and I just I think this is an incredible lesson for myself and how I want to and and affirmation for how I want to continue to move forward in my life and I think we could use a lot more of it and now it's again given me confirmation that I can do this that I can show up and that you know I was kind of new you know you kind of know it's like when I was when I'm acting I you know I kind of I kind of know I could do a play I, I know I could but I'd never done a play before so I don't really know you know I think I could do a musical but I've never done a musical before so I don't really know it's not until you do the thing that it's like oh yeah I can do this sometimes like when I'll go months without surfing back in the day I was like I don't even know if I can surf anymore like I get this I'm such a kook sometimes and I just I got this imposter syndrome and all these things and then you get up on the board and you catch a wave and like nope I can surf I can do it so the doing the doing the doing the doing is so important so important so that's what I got for y'all thank y'all for tuning in I hope to shine some lights I hope you can uh, start slowly practicing unconditional love. It's, it's a long journey, man, because it doesn't exist without loving yourself, and that's one of the hardest journeys to go on. We can't unconditionally love others until we love ourselves, and that's just a fact. We can love, you know, but we can't unconditionally love. We've got to love ourselves first. And that journey from the head to the heart, they say, is one of the, one of the longest ones. So I just, I just hope I can sprinkle some love, inspiration, uh, to to incorporate this into your life and it's such a it's long it's tedious it's it's cons it takes consistency it takes work it takes going through the demons and the shadows it takes time but it's so worth it and it's a lonely journey at times many a times but it's so worth it so yeah so thank you all for tuning in as always if you're digging this if you're vibing with this like comment rate subscribe review tell your friends tell your family tell your loved ones uh, remember, y'all can check me out on Instagram at Larkin underscore Andrew or check me out on my website at AndrewLarkin.me. Remember, y'all, small act of kindness for you, for others. It makes the world go round. We need, it now. we need it now more than ever. Hug a loved one. Give them a nice bear hug. Human touch is so healing. High five yourself because you are deserving. You are worthy. You are brave. You are courageous. Your energy is contagious. You are enough. 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 And always, always, always strive to live a lucid life. This is Andrew Larkin. One love.